welcome to this episode of The Art Box, recording from the 39th Annual Cowboy Poetry Gathering in Elko, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association provides creative opportunities for all ages. Get creative with us at the Mesquite Fine Arts Center, located at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartscenter.com or on Facebook, The Art Box. Hi, and thanks. My name's Larry, although those that know me best, my closest friends, call me Larry. Before meter, before poetry, there was story. I come from people of few words and other surprise to my friends. My son kept me grounded. I'm home from work, sitting on the couch, reading the paper, drinking a beer, and about age 13, he comes home from school. Hey, Mom, I got a report due at school tomorrow. What can you tell me about the space program? She says, I'm kind of busy, Scott, right now. Why don't you ask your dad? He said, oh, I don't want to know that much about it. So around 1900, give or take, four young Scandinavians, all single, two males, two females, carrying everything they owned with no expectations of ever returning home, arrived in North America. My thin grandfather, a carpenter, escaping the Russian army draft, arrived in Canada and worked his way through Ontario and ultimately arrived undocumented in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. My sweet grandfather, an engineer from Sweden, commuted to his job in Marquette, Michigan on a motorcycle. My sweet grandmother arrived as a maid, ended up as a staff member for a United States Supreme Court justice. My thin grandmother did what today would be called an au pair, literally became an icon in Marquette. So when the big ships arrived in Manhattan, first and second class, you just walked in. Those in steerage, like my grandparents, they got put on a smaller boat and headed to Ellis Island. On the way, they passed the Statue of Liberty where there's a poem called The New Colossus written on a pedestal. Keep ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, templest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Ellis Island took five hours. Over 60 years, 12 million people arrived in this country that way. They got a medical examination first. Some failed, some were hospitalized, some sent back to their ship, others with chalk words written on their clothes walked upstairs to an, an interrogation. 29 questions from somebody that could send you back, but it was done in your native language. 
name, country, race. Can you read and write? Do you have relatives, a destination, a ticket? Were you ever in prison, an insane asylum, a charity house? Are you an anarchist, a polygamist? Are you in good health? Within them, three key questions. What's your occupation? How much money do you have? Do you have a job? Denial possible at any time. You left on the stairs of hope or the stairs of tears. But if cleared, you were in no papers, no judge, no visa, no green card. You got a free mail. You got your baggage. You exchanged your money into dollars and you walked in. That was it. All four went to Marquette, Michigan. The two Swedes got married. The two Finns got married. My mother, the second of three children of Swedish parents. My father, the third of four children by the two Finns, got married in 1940. According to my father at that time in Upper Michigan, that was a mixed marriage. Fast forward, it's the year 2000. I'm a military veteran, I'm retired from IBM, and I set off on a 2,000 mile walking journey from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Lizards, tornado, acts of kindness, my only issue was the Kansas sheriff who, who pulled me over with his lights on along a gravel road. I got interrogated there. I had the right to remain silent. I just didn't have the ability. I did get to say it's time to get the hell out of Dodge. I visited family. I finally arrived at the city of my birth. And a couple days later, and by the way, at this time, the ghosts are coming. The memories, the family. I'm standing on a hillside overlooking my grandparents' farm, the dairy farm. The lilacs are wild, the apples spread all over the pasture, the fences are down. There's a big house up on the hill that looks like it belonged on a Georgia plantation. And the barest hint of a pasture road. This is where I came from, this is my roots. And a memory comes from somewhere deep. My grandpa is waking me up. I'm maybe eight years old. Come on, Larry, we got an important job for you to do. We get in the car. We interrupt my grandmother who's pulling bread and bacon from the stove and from the wood stove oven. We arrive at the milk shed. There's a few cows out in the pasture. My grandfather takes the milk cans and the pails and the stools out of the trunk. And he points to the cows out in the pasture. And he calls out, come boss. And he said, Larry, you have an important job. Your job is to go out and round up those cows and get them into the milk shed. Well, I was afraid. There was cow patty steaming, dew on the grass. And sure enough, I rounded up all those cows. I was afraid of them. They were huge, I was tiny. But sure enough, they all went to the milk shed and I ran off down the pasture and got my bacon sandwich. 
Then, fast forward again 50 years, now I'm 58 years old, standing on the hillside, I realized that the cows went to the milk shed every day by themselves. So much for my important job. I went to the graveyard where they were buried. So I'm standing underneath a big maple tree. I'm standing at the foot of my grandmother's grave and remind her about her beans. They had onions, they had brown sugar, they had salt pork, and they were in mason jars, and they had love. She made them herself. I remember my grandfather splitting wood in front of the open woodshed. He said, Larry, you need to pull all the wood out of the woodshed and pile it up over there. And I did that. I didn't quite finish before he did with his splitting. He comes to help me put the wood back in the woodshed, the new wood. Then we put the old wood in. And we're sitting on this frame on the back of his tractor with the trailer hitch in between us. And I looked at him and I said, Grandpa, how come you always have wood left over? A man of few words, he said, because we can't run out. And I looked at his ears and I said, Grandpa, you have hair coming from your ears. He said, that's wisdom, Larry. And the part I missed uh, is, as I was standing under that tree and told the story to my grandmother, a branch came down and brushed leaves across my cheek. And I stepped over and when I spoke to my grandfather, another branch came down and it brushed my other cheek and I stepped back and I was shaken. And I decided that it was just a couple of branch or a couple of breezes off Lake Superior, or was it? Thanks to Jesse Veter for our music in this episode. The Art Box sponsors, thank you for listening. You can find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We welcome all comments. You can email us at artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Quiet songs, big ears, big heart. A girl needs a dog. <laughs>